So I am super excited to to have you on episode number one, I suppose, Raju. Um, so I would, I think it'd be really cool if you talked about uh, the a little bit about your industry and sort of what the context uh, for folks that don't know you very well and um, some of the, the top trends, like maybe two or three things that are most salient, relevant, interesting uh, at this point. Okay. Um, so I work uh, for Motorola Solutions uh, and we are into public safety. Um, and so all communications related to public safety in the moments that matter the most um, I mean, that's the industry that we are in. Um, you know, it kind of comes under telecommunications um, and overall software industry. Um, and, um, you know, in terms of um, what I do is um, I'm heading the global marketing for the push-to-talk platform in, that are deployed in the carriers network, like carriers like AT&T, Verizon, Sprint and etc. all over the world, um, and um, so in terms of the trends, um, traditionally the public safety has been you know a little slow in adapting to uh, the latest technologies, but that's changing. Um, what what we are seeing is there is a lot of uh, digital transformation, cloud based uh, services. And you know um, the movement more towards the um, the b- big trends the, of other industries like AI as well as um, you know the analytics um, in general, the cyber analytics, etc. And in terms of uh, um, you know the uh, public safety is transforming. Not just it's not just uh, um, tied to the police, uh, the law enforcement agencies, but also you would see a lot of involvement like citizen engagement, like, you know, the so-called the Amber Alert and all that, right? So you'll see that kind of a trend happening more and more. And um, if you have seen um, um, some of those uh, Hollywood movies, which talks about uh, trying to catch uh, the crime ha- even before it happens. And I think that's uh, going to come very soon. That's fascinating and scary. <laughs> what are what are some of the things that you think about you, if you step back from the what and to the so what? Um, how, how do you see the work that you're, you're doing, the work that you're influencing, changing, changing the world and sort of the, the fabric of society. So you can have a lot more citizen engagement. It's got upsides and downsides. Have you spent some time thinking about that? Just curious to, to hear, hear what you think. So in terms of um, making an impact to the world, we are, we are, we are actually enabling the, uh, the public safety with all the necessary uh, tools to make the best of the services that they are pro- providing. And we are into the critical communications um, where uh, seconds matter. And, you know, for example, you know, the 
one of the SLAs for our call setup is that we should be able to make the call within sub-second. Literally less than one second, we should the voice should be able to be heard across. And, you know, these these things matter a lot when you see an officer um, in the line of, uh, you know, you know, fire and, you know, communication becomes critical, especially how he stays in uh, touch with the command central, you know, the, the back office, which is providing instructions. And we are, we are doing a lot of things like body cameras, um, having touch sensitivities on the gun, you know, all these things are IoT enabled, which will um, ensure that less and less, uh, you know, uh, human error uh, gets involved in that. So I, I think it, it does impact everyday life. Um, you know, we keep hearing, you know, a lot of biases um, that is possible when uh, humans are making judgment um, and with the help of the tools like AI, analytics, um, you know, that is kind of hopefully going to be offloaded. That's really fascinating. Did you did you think when when you were growing up that this is what you would end up doing? Well, I didn't I didn't really think it would be in the public safety. I uh, but I did know that it would have to do something to do with connecting people in general. Um, you know, back in the early days of my undergrad when I was doing computer science, you know, I wanted to always work in uh, real-time, uh, hardcore uh, real-time systems. Um, the first thing that came to mind was maybe space technology or rocket science. But then I thought, man, you know, that's a little out of my uh, reach probably, and at least at that time. <laughs> then I said, okay, so communication – and I think I got fascinated with communication in general, um, trying to get people to talk. Because I do remember when I was in my second year of my undergrad, and um, one of my and, and this was back in India, and one of my very good friend he came to US, and when he when I had to call him to his US number, and I was watching the 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 meter for the you know how much it would charge me after end of the call and it was uh incrementing in the rupees of 10 and which is like a lot of number um in terms of the value for somebody in india to pay and i used to wonder why is this so expensive and i think that's how i ended up um you know when i came to us i did my masters in telecommunications um and I've been in telecom industry for now twenty years. That's incredible. Um, as you as you look back at what you've done so far, um, what do you think of as the biggest mistake you've made, or something that felt like a failure at the time that's really set you up to do amazing things later? Uh, and. Okay, so there is this one particular incident that I keep telling uh, all the people that I have uh, uh, either hired or interacted with, uh, and this happened very early in my career. 
and um, i was uh, working in a big carrier in europe it's specifically uk and um, we have this lab system and the production system and you know we kind of keep the lab system exactly same as the production system to mimic if there is any issues in the production you kind of test it out in the lab and then roll it out in the production and then you know i accidentally ended up restarting a redundant system um in the production and i caused a downtime in the live system of um um well fortunately it's not public safety but still nevertheless it was a communication related uh, application and um i was in denial that anything of that sort i have done it when the customer came and asked i point blank said no i didn't do it and he showed the trace and it came right back to my mac address and it was like that was the moment where i was like oh my god did i actually did something on the production because i was always thinking this was something in the lab and the lesson that i have learned early on was not to make assumptions not to be very confident about you know of be overconfident about things that you do or and more specifically create think about the checks and balances and the especially when you're dealing with mission critical type of applications you you have to start thinking more in terms of what all that can go wrong then in terms of what is actually the success path and i think um i have um after that i have created a lot of procedures um that kept evolving over the time that actually helped us prevent many such uh, issues in future that's that's got to be like really scary and also it's a very real story to train somebody with every time you hire an onboard yeah now i mean there is a downside to that um, you know it does um you know give a sense of that you know are we being too cautious and would that kind of foster not to fail off on type of a you know um um environment and what we did is we actually created this safe environments to experiment um so that uh, we do not want people to get freaked out um with you know being overly cautious is also you know it sometimes uh, adds resistance to the uh, innovation so we we make sure that you know that still continues i do encourage people to fail but in a more controlled environment yeah if you think about um your style and sort of the the way that you um you do things do you have a favorite quote that you go back to often or that you live by um what do you think of as sort of your guiding principles oh so this goes back uh, to 92 and i might be dating myself here but um you know that's when a lot of things were 
you know happening in my life personally and you know i was like um you know transitioning from just taking you know things for granted versus moving into more trying to probe uh, one of the things that came out of one of my very close friend um and i was just having a very casual remarks to him and to which he actually you know just responded very you know it was just a casual remark saying that oh you have taken so much from this world uh, what have you given back and um, in fact he doesn't remember when i asked him later in the life that he ever said something like that but you know the end result was it actually was something that stuck to me and that became a guiding principle or guiding you know so called north pole for me um in terms of everything that i do um, like just as an example what do i have that i can give and it actually turns out that at the time the truly one thing that i possess at least in whatever quantity or you know whatever uh, nature it did it was knowledge i mean whatever i learned i used to you know teach back and actually that did form one of my core uh, um hobby you know i love i'm very passionate to teach um, yeah. and actually it turns out that you know there is an element in teaching uh, and you you i organically built empathy towards the students and the kids and you know i used to understand why they would not get something and that would help me to you know modify the way i explain things and in a way i i built that empathy in a very organic fashion from a very early age and to my surprise it turns out that um, that's what actually helped me in my professional world when i um, started leading teams uh, from an early age as well um and um i was able to connect to my team members um you know i've built team across the continents be it latin america europe or even in india i've there are teams that i've built that i've never met but yet we have such strong connection in terms of uh, how i could get them to do their best and i think it, somehow i i strongly feel that it has to do with the way uh, this whole teaching thing came about and it started with that uh, simple quote from my friend you know that you've taken so much from this world what have you given it back right? that's incredible um it's really hard to follow up with that but as you think about your your day to day um when when you feel overwhelmed or unfocused what do you do who do you go to so um one of the things that i enjoy is um, um involving myself with math and physics and um, it's my go to reset 
and you know and now i kind of reduce the number of days that i teach uh, students but uh, earlier i used to teach almost every day in the evening um to kids like 6th grade till 12th grade and that was also my way to reset and if let's say in the middle of the day you know some super serious stuff is going on and i need to gather my thoughts you know i used to just open up any of the books that i was reading on the uh, math or physics or i just do some few of those problems or read some article and then i'm back but lately i just started doing something much simpler and you know the mindfulness of 5 uh, minutes i it's this started back in 2016 when you know i figured a way to you you can call it as a power nap but a quick 5 minute um just mindfulness uh, breathing and i'm back in uh, action yeah naps are the best mm-hmm. um i'm really curious if if you think about like one thing that you know is really absurd but you do it and you and and you really enjoy doing it um or unusual absurd you know um what would that be absurd i i think absurdity probably is very relative i and I, i don't know i mean if i'm doing something that that means it's not absurd <laughs> but um but for most people uh, i think they you know they find it very unusual that i probably get up in the middle of the night and do uh, some meditation 5 minutes and then i go back to sleep probably that's a little weird that uh, yeah or you know there used to be something very weird but I, it doesn't happen anymore but you know i used to tell my friends that you know i used to lie down with a book open these are the days when you had the hard copies now you have kindle and ipad but you know i used to start reading something and i would sleep off next thing i remember is um, in the morning i would have read several pages down even without knowing so maybe that's a little absurd i guess but i mean if that happened to everyone i would f- i i would ace a lot of my tests so really that's special uh i it's not happening anymore but uh, <laughs> i don't know it must be it must be you know some kind of a psychological trick or something i i must be thinking i'm sleeping but i maybe i was like it's like sleep walking and maybe sleep reading i guess hmm um so if you think about the last few years you, you you mentioned you've got rituals that have carried through for you uh over over a long period of time what's been new in the last couple of years let's say that has become a very deliberate part of what you do so i i started practicing uh meditation um since 2016 um that wasn't there um before i wasn't doing any of that but uh that probably has you know changed tremendously how i conduct myself day to day and i think um it's almost um, to the point that 
it's very hard not to imagine a day without it wow if you were to think about so i i know you do a lot of physics and math stuff for fun but if you think about your nightstand and what books on it um give me a couple of examples i'm a more non fiction kind of a guy um mostly pulitzer prize winner type of books um you know uh, if i have to tell you what books i have read recently i mean i'll be lying because it's been a while since i i mean ever since i got onto the mba i couldn't read any of that but i like the the beak of a finch type of books or you know the guns germs and steel or um the making of atomic bomb uh, you know those kind of books I, i mean i'm actually into um currently i was um um reading about the farnham street or um, shane parish hmm. um you must have heard the those are the mental models oh yeah 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 so i think that's something that i plan to you know do it while the rest of the months before we graduate but yeah that's something i uh, i want to i'm looking forward for cool um so one last question for you as you think about the most hopeful thing that um you see coming out from the world or your hope for the world what what would you say that is um you know i would i would want people to have passion towards life in general and live a joyous life and it's not just people i mean i i kind of club the life in its entirety and i want to see everything to its fullest potential i mean that's how i would want to see the best it's been so much fun chatting thank you thanks akshay